Hello and welcome to Podiatry Practice Mastery. <clears throat> My name is Don Pelto. I have Brendan Kumasari here. Uh, welcome to the show. Don, the pleasure is absolutely mine. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So, so Brendan, we were talking a little bit uh, prior. Uh, your the name of your your company and your business is called Master Talk. You're from Canada. Uh, you have to be a good talker <laughs> to to be on the, the podcast today. The the level the bar is kind of high. But you were telling me you help people to be better at communicating. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges when you work with people? You work with a few doctors and intelligent people. What what are some of their biggest challenges? Yeah, Don, you would think that fear is the biggest challenge. But the truth is, is that motivation is actually the number one challenge in communication. Because if we're not motivated enough to practice our work, to practice our communication, we won't actually spend time prioritizing it. Especially in a field like this, where a lot of doctors, GPs, physicians, podiatrists, they have a lot on their plate, right? They're, they're serving patients. They're, going to, they're, they're answering calls after the work hours if something urgent happens. So for them, for that community especially, there needs to be a compelling reason as to why someone should want to master communication in the first place. And a couple of examples would be if you own the, the clinic and you want to scale that clinic, you need to know how to manage people and communicate effectively because you might not be in the delivery of the patient experience. That's one. And another piece is the patient experience itself. How do we make them feel like they're at home? How do we make them feel through the way that we communicate on a day-to-day that they're, they're in the right place and they chose the right clinic to do the work in? You know, Brendan, it, it, these sound like very similar soft skills to sales, to sales training. Does there some overlap there? Absolutely. I, w- I would definitely think there is some overlap between sales and communication. I would say that the difference would be sale is a, has a specific outcome. How do I get someone to swipe their credit card for a specific service or product that I'm selling to them? Whereas communication is more holistic. It's not just about the top of funnel, which is getting somebody in the, in the clinic, getting somebody through the door, but also leaving them with such a powerful experience that not only they come back, but they also tell their friends about the work that different podiatrists, podiatrists, excuse me, physicians or GPs might might do for them. Hmm. And we're talking about uh, communication. How much of the communication role is then? Do you teach them as well about like listening skills? Because part of it is the empathy. Yes, I can talk and talk and talk, but until you connect, they're not going to listen to anything, and they might not remember what you're what you're saying either. Absolutely, Don. So the way that I think about this, to keep it simple, communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. One of those balls is eye contact. One of those balls is smiling. One of those balls is facial expressions, body language, storytelling, listening, and the list goes on. So it gets really confusing for people. So instead, the strategies, rather, what are the three easiest balls that we can start to juggle today to make us better communicators tomorrow? Because if we try and do all of it at once, it's not going to work. So for me, what the conversation always starts with, the random word exercise, which is simply this. Pick a random word like trophy case, like light bulb, like fly or computer screen, and create random presentations out of thin air. And the reason it's such an effective exercise, Don, is because it helps you think on your feet really quickly. And if you can make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. So when you go back to your patients and you go back to serving them, oftentimes you'll find that you know the issues just keep coming up again and again. It will be much easier for you to deal with those situations if you can already deal with speaking avocados or learning how to speak out trophy case. 
Interesting. And what are some, you were talking about, uh, let's say doctors, because that's going to be our audience. Let's say we want to be a, a better communicator uh, with our patients. I've heard of people saying, recording what you say, listening to it back, other ways. Is it really important to get rid of all ahs and ums and so's? Or what are we looking at when we're trying to improve being a, a better communicator? What's, what's kind of the goal and what are some tips? Absolutely, Don. So here, here's the way I think about it. You know, if we try and do everything at the same time, we won't really see much progression. So here's the way I think about it. The next step, the ball number two, after the random word exercise, that alone will give doctors and and people who are listening to this a lot less anxiety because they'll have done the harder thing outside of the clinic. You know, my philosophy is always the same, Don. If you do the harder thing outside the clinic, the clinic itself will be a joke. Every interaction you'll have will be much easier, which brings me to exercise number two that's directly related to doctors, and it's called question drills. We get asked questions all the time, Don, at work, at school. Patients, you know, what, what, what when I get the news back, what's the update? We're always getting asked questions. But a lot of us, Don, are reactive to those questions. We're not proactive. Mm-hmm. We wait for the question to appear, and then we answer it. Not the right approach. So instead, what I recommend is proactively answer questions, meaning every single day for five minutes, that's all I ask, write down and answer one question you think someone will ask you about your expertise or from one of your patients. And if you do that once a day for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions about your practice, about your experience, and you'll be unbeatable. And then, you know, I think I have a multiplier mindset. So I'm thinking then you can then use those in other realms, right? You can use it for a YouTube video, a blog post, right? Is that kind of where you're going from there? 100%. And, And since we're on that multiplier topic, let me give you a few other layers to that, which is you don't have to do this alone. You could do this with other practitioners in your clinic. You could do this with students if you're still in med school and do it together. Because here's what's great about this approach, Don, is if I don't know the answer and you know the answer, I can just take your answer. Mm-hmm. So for example, one thing I recommend a lot of my doctors to do is every week or once a week or once every two weeks, they would gather together on a Zoom call, let's say 45 minutes, and bring the list of questions that their patients asked them that they had trouble answering. And they would all just brainstorm answers to the question so that everyone leaves that call knowing exactly how to answer every single question that they're having trouble with until everyone's perfect. I think, you know, for anyone that's listening, this is the, the first nugget of gold that that we, we found. I think doing that, because we all get questions answered where we, we've answered them, but does it, have we orchestrated our answer? for our patients or, and, and over time, we all get, kind of get our spiels, you know, with the way we explain things. Talk a little bit about using analogies. Is that something that you recommend? Any tips with making, because that's what I find what works really well. Can you take something that's uncommon, like an orthotic or something that we're talking about and you make it with something more familiar? I definitely think analogies are powerful. I, I would say, you know, the best way to implement analogies is just to use analogies from other doctors that you see that you feel are really effective. That's the way I've always approached analogies. We don't really need to break our brains around this. It's more about just reusing what other people have done. So depending on what your specific you know, practice is and your specialization in med school is, you can go to those specific practitioners and see what analogies they're using to explain different concepts to their patients. Because of course, in, in and as a podiatrist, it's going to be very different, the analogies that you use if you, versus like if you're a general practitioner versus if you're a physician, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's the way I would approach it. 
how how feasible I, I've been hearing a lot of and I, it's because I enjoy uh, reading books about different aspects. Everyone's talking about storytelling these days. And, you know, the whole what's the trouble? What was the change that you made? What's your epiphany bridge or whatever, whatever anyone's talking about? How how can we get to be and is it appropriate to, to use storytelling when we're talking to our patients or like where is that used? Where does that come in? Right, Don. So I have a very different opinion than most people in my industry, which is I don't think storytelling is something beginners should focus on. I'll tell you why. If you have the best story in the world, but your foundation suck, you're going to sound like this. Once upon a time, uh, there was this. Uh... So it doesn't really matter if you have the best story in the world. If your delivery isn't strong, the story will land flat. I would say for patient experiences specifically, I'm not really gun ho on stories. I think there's one specific scenario where it does make sense, where if you own the clinic, and you're speaking, you're doing a town hall meeting to all of the practitioners in your clinic. I think that makes a lot more sense because you're telling them stories about the future, your vision around the clinic, and that makes sense. But to give some thought leadership for, for those of you who are going to do the question drills and are going to do the random word exercise, which I think is way more important than storytelling, is simply this. Les Brown says it best on. Never make a point without telling a story and never tell a story without making a point. What does that mean? What that means is every great story has an outcome, has a lesson. And if the outcome isn't clear, the story just goes nowhere. So what you need to do when you're telling stories is you need to make a list of everything you want to teach your audience, circle the one that you're the most excited about, and then find a story that matches that outcome so it naturally leads to that lesson. You know that that's great, Brendan. I I've I, I've heard someone talk about if if I'm treating someone, let's say for heel pain, uh, many times I'll use a similar scenario: fifty year old female talk about another fifty year old female that improved with such and such of a a, a a treatment. Sometimes those types of stories I find they work. More importantly, they work if the actual patient is telling me, which we would call a testimonial, if they would do their own video. Uh, story. You also talked about video messages. Tell me a little bit about what the what the video messages are. Absolutely. So the video message is ball number three for me, you know, one of my easy threes. So we already talked about the other two, the random word exercises and the question drill. The third one, the video message, is so simple that nobody does it on. But one thing I get all my CEOs to do is to just make a quick video message for all of the people that work for them or clients that are a part of their organization that are supporting their business. And what this does is it helps create a competitive edge because it makes people's day and it also increases word of mouth. So one thing I'd recommend for, for doctors and GPs is you don't need to start with patients. Start with the people that you love. Start with the people in your family and make their days by sending them a video message because it teaches us a valuable lesson around communication, Don, about what communication is for. A lot of us think communication is a chore, like doing the dishes, whereas what this does is it teaches us that communication is so much more than doing the dishes. It's a way to make people's days, and it's a way to create impact, and if we do that more often, people will feel that impact. You know, that's awesome. So, so Brendan, let's simplify, because one of the things I think technology is easy, but a lot of my patients find it challenging and other colleagues, what's the easiest way to start doing video messages? Are you talking like a, recording a Zoom call, take your phone out? What's the easiest way? From my experience, Don, I would say the easiest way to do this is really just through a phone. So it might not work with patients right away. You know, the way I would start this, this, this exercise is by simply starting to send 
video messages to your employees, or you probably have their numbers, you probably have them on Facebook or or on a different social media. I would start with that because that would makes people's days. In terms of the patient directly, you might always have their phone number and things like that. So it's not as easy to implement, but definitely in the context of other people who work with you in the clinic, I think that's an easy way to get it done. That's awesome. Now, what I was expecting and what I got were totally different from this interview, Brendan. Um, I thought I was going to come in and you're going to say, okay, you guys all need to go and do public speaking about podiatry in the community, or you need to do this or that. How much of your time is spent, like what we talked about, this is basically teaching one-on-one communication or inside, or like being like the world's best motivational speaker for podiatrists or talking around it. Is that what you do a lot of as well, or is it mostly this type of communication? I would say it's a mix of both, John. Most of it is really the one-on-one communication, really executive comms. But there's definitely situations, you know, one of my clients is the CEO of Sync Body in Australia, and she's, you know, a podiatrist, and, and she wants to be a motivational speaker. So it really depends on what is the goal of that specific person. And my job as the coach is to figure out what their vision is, and then tie in communication with that vision. Especially in the context of this industry, we both know that a lot of people who are doctors and GPs, they don't really want to speak on a stage. They don't really want to speak in front of a thousand people. They just want to make their life easier at work and make coming to work every day a joy, not just a pain because of all the patients they have to deal with. And this type of communication will really help their day-to-day lives. Absolutely. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about um, some online communication. Uh, For example, it's been common now for people to do webinars in clinics. You can set up your own little webinar on a certain topic. We've done this you know, quarterly, pick a topic, invite all our patients to it, do a webinar. Uh, any any suggestions or tips on how to do webinars and keeping them interesting? How long topics, how to get them out and about, how people know about them? For sure, Don. So a couple of thoughts there for webinars. I would say the first one is eye contact. You know, the big difference between online and in person is online, you only have to stare in one direction, which is the camera lens. Whereas in person, you have to move your head constantly to the different people you're speaking with. So that's one key difference. The second one is energy. Let's face it, Don. It's a lot easier to show up with energy when you're in person because you can hug people, you give them a high five, you can shake their hand. And the accountability is much higher because you actually have to wear pants for your in-person presentation. Not so much online. You have the option not to, which means the solution is to bring more energy in person and transfer as much of that as possible back to the online world. Which brings me to number three, audience accessibility. When you're giving a presentation in person, Don, it's really easy to get feedback from people. You just go up to people and you say, hey, I want your feedback, Don. Let's get some lunch and I can get your thoughts right away. There's no friction. Not so much in a webinar. A lot of times when you do webinars, sometimes you don't even see the people on the call. So it's really hard to build those relationships. So you want to get on calls with people who you know are going to be participating in the webinar to get their thoughts. One bonus thing I'll add as well for webinars, one thing that's worked for me really well is two things, uh, giving engagement in the chat. So I would say something like, where's everyone friend type in the chat? And then the other piece is I would name them. Even if I mispronounce their names sometimes, keep some engaged. Laura's from Washington. John's from you know Ecuador. That's so amazing. And you're kind of just reading the chat as you're speaking and that keeps everyone engaged and on their toes. That's awesome, Brendan. We, you know, we've got some really great content as we're finishing up, I have a, a couple of last questions. Let's talk about how we can use communication to actually get new patients in the door and get new patients in the office. Is there any way, are there any ways 
that, that you can do that to help build a practice? Any thoughts that might be YouTube videos or social media or things like that? 1000% Don. Here's, here's what I would say. Keep it super simple. I would make a list of my top 10 clients. This is what I do in my business, by the way, because 50% of my business is word of mouth. So well, all I do is I make a list of my top 10 people, the people I absolutely adore. And I send them video messages during the holidays, during their birthdays. And usually what happens is every time I send a video message, 10 to 20% of them usually go, hey, you know, I, I know a friend or a cousin who, who would need, need this service that you have. And that's the best way to generate business. That's the way that I've done it. The other piece that I think works really well, only for your best clients, I want to do this for everybody, where you take them out to lunch. Mm-hmm. lunch, dinner, build a relationship with them, a rapport. And then once they become your friend, they'll easily refer business to you. And that's what's happened with me in my biz. That's great, Brendan. I think we covered a, a, a many resources. Tell us a little bit about Master Talk. And if people want to learn more about you, you, you talked about Thirst, which is a book. So tell me about any learning resources for people that want to learn more. Of course, Don. It's such a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks for having me. So three things, book recommendation, Thirst by Scott Harrison. I think Scott's a master storyteller. That's why I recommend the book. There's a quote in the book that I love. And the quote is, the goal is not to live forever, but rather create something that will. So I would encourage people to check out that book. I think it's magical. It's powerful. Two, for those of you who want to keep in touch with me, check out my YouTube channel, Master Talk in one word. You'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas effectively. So you can access that on YouTube if you just type Master Talk. Number three, for those of you who want to attend one of my workshops, I do a free workshop over Zoom every two weeks. These are not recorded webinars. They're live. They're interactive. And I facilitate that call. And it's free. So if you want to join on that, go to rockstarcommunicator.com. Great. Brennan, thank you so much for your time. This was very informative and, and helpful for the listeners. Likewise, Dante. Thanks for having me.